Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I'm joined today by Amanda Loudon. How you doing, Amanda? I'm doing well, thank you. How about you? Oh, I'm good. It's a beautiful early fall day here in Portland. Okay, I'm shooting darts at you because we've had <laughs> such a miserable fall so far. Oh yeah, that was insensitive of me. I'm sorry. Because are you getting <laughs> are you getting residuals like rain from the storm? I mean that that really is nothing. I mean, it, honestly, like I mean we've had, yes, but it wouldn't matter because that's the same as any other day around here now. So <laughs> I'm just bitter about our weather this year. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Oh my yeah, gosh! So. Um, I have to say that it was so funny that this morning. So I I don't usually look at the temperature before I head out on a run. Molly and I were going to meet up, and but I did, and um, it said 48 degrees. Oh. And, um, so, but so I put on a pair of shorts and a tank top and cause that's what I had laid out from the night before. And I thought, Oh, I'll be fine. You know, it'll be a little crisp. It'll be nice. And then I get, I meet up with Molly. She's wearing capris, a long sleeve shirt and a down vest. Don't you love that? That that's how it is with my friends and I too. Like it is amusing to see the wide variety of, of how people dress for the same temperatures. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So so I so I decided this morning in the shower. I'm like, oh, I'm going to use that as the Saturday morning question on the Facebook page uh, because I'm just I'm just and I said, Molly, you're gonna burn up. You know, like what's up with the vest? She goes, well, you're in. She, she didn't make any judgment. She goes, you're in shorts and a tank top. Like I was like, yes, yes, I am. <laughs> and sure enough she t- then when she did take off her vest i was like oh ho, the vest is coming she goes oh here can you hold this can you hold this for me it's a joke <laughs> right right because <laughs> with a vest your hose there's no arms to tie around your waist she just right shoved, yeah absolutely she shoved, yeah she shoved it in the back of her capris it was really a good look i'm sure that was comfortable <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> kim kardashian in the house yeah there you go <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness so it's been a while amanda what are you what are you writing these days oh my goodness i've got a lot going on but um, oh, i don't know if um if you saw but like i just came back from this was seriously the best assignment of all time i was um in chamonix to cover utmb yes, yes you were and, mm-hmm. um, yes i was so mm-hmm. i wrote five articles out of that trip and sweet um, yeah so um it was a really amazing incredible experience wow it really was wow and it was yeah. a it was a very tell people what um utmb stands for yeah so that's ultra trail mont blanc mm-hmm. which is um probably the most difficult ultra in well i i don't know you can't say it's the most difficult ultra in the world but it's you know one of the most difficult and it's also probably the most prestigious because you have to qualify to go oh um yeah. So, I mean, even the amateurs who are doing it, they are super amazing, incredible athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's a 117 kilometer race around the highest peak in the Alps. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the elites, um, elite men finish out somewhere in the 20 hour range. Mm. Elite women, I'm talking winning times, are finishing up in around the 26-hour range. Mm-hmm. Everyone else has up until have has 46 hours to complete it. So if you meet someone who, like I did, I met you know a couple of amateurs who on Sunday afternoon were finishing, and the race started Friday night. Mm. They were out overnight twice on the mountain, right, wow. to, to do this race. So it's just an incredible feat. Um, it's the loveliest of places. Mm-hmm. I did have crisp, lovely running weather while I was there. 
<laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, cry, cry me a river. Oh, you're I in Maryland know. where it's raining. You just came back from France. I know. <laughs> where, where I was washing down my runs with, you know, wine yeah. and chocolate croissants and all this right, love right. running. So, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so it, it was, I mean, it was an incredible trip. And, um, you know, I really, I, the, the writing for it was, was super fun too, because, um, it really was a year of unexpected results. And I so know. Means, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, so, Magda Boulay was in yeah. the lead for a lot and then she, right. She tripped and yep, fell. And fell. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It was like, there were just so many crazy things. I mean, killing Jornet, he got stung by a bee on his foot three hours before the race. Oh my gosh. So wow. He had to pull out, you know, like <sighs> it just, there were just so many, you know, unexpected things this year. And so it really became kind of a, you know, who, who's going to win. Um, and that I think the coolest thing for the female side is that all three of the podium finishers were in the forties. The woman who won it was 47. Wow. So yeah, young. Love that. Yes. So I young. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that awesome? I mean, that's, that's, that's wow. what's here for the masters. So yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. our, our uh, cross-the-street neighbors uh, had just hiked around Mont Blanc, and they uh. were finishing up right when the racers were getting there. Oh, cool. And um, their son is that speedy guy, Paul, who I sometimes have talked about on the podcast, whom I adore. And um, and uh, so so they brought me back uh, um, you want a buff with the logo on oh, it and yeah. everything. Yeah, so, nice, yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I, I, I probably have a matching one because I, I have one. So, <laughs> nice. you know, I need my we, can be, we can be twins <laughs> at the retreat. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I use it, so far I've used it to hold back my hair like when I don't want to get my hair wet in the shower and I can't find a shower cap. I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll tie, put the buff on, tie it on my head. <laughs> there you it's go. such a good look. <laughs> Multi-purpose, you know, a piece of equipment. Exactly. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's so cool. You got to do that. So, um, so speaking of, um, kind of epic endeavors, I had, um, a friend Jackie who lives up in Anchorage and Molly and I met her and, um, her friend Dina, and they took us on that amazing hike up to on flat top, which is, um, I guess the closest, most accessible, um, kind of hikey climb uh, outside in Anchorage. So anyway, so Jackie has this great group of active women friends in Anchorage. And Jackie is uh, an accomplished marathon runner. I mean, and she's um, in her late 50s now. But in back in the day, she ran, I think, like 320s and 330s. And so but she wanted to one of her friends, that woman, I believe it's Dina, uh, qualified for Boston. It's gonna be her, her first time to Boston. And so Jackie wanted to accompany her th- there and not just be there, but actually run it with her. So, but Jackie hadn't, um, I don't know whether she hadn't run a marathon in the, in the qualifying time or, you know, in terms of the calendar year for it and everything. So she came down for a last ditch attempt to qualify for Boston. And so she found a race in Eugene, which is two hours South of Portland. And, um, and she didn't register. It's a very small race. So she knew it wouldn't fill up. And so she didn't register until Wednesday night. The race was Saturday wow. of last week. And so she, because she, she was texting me saying, you know, I just am worried. I'm going to kick the coffee table and break my toe if I register ahead of time. <laughs> and so I guess that, that is what it is. She was going to qualify. She was planning to qualify in Napa, in early March and she, the week of the race, she did, she totally broke and kind of jammed her little toe off to the side by kicking a coffee table. So she, so she has legitimate concern about this. Yes. And so, so she flew down here and stayed at our house on Thursday night. I'm like, okay, what do you need? What do you need? She's like, 
can I borrow two eggs from you that I like to hard boil them? I'm like, yes, you can have those eggs. I will actually give them to you. You don't need to repay me. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, um, that, and she brought all, she brought along all her snacks, including, um, the Thai salad from the new, um, run fast, cook fast, eat slow cookbook, Mm, which mm -hmm. someone just that morning at my bar class had been saying how delicious it is. And that she was telling me I had to make it. And then (laughs) there Jackie shows up and she's like, Oh, I brought too much. Do you want some? I'm like, Oh, this is fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, um, so she had Jackie, you know, had not done a full marathon training cycle, but she had done, I think one 20 miler, maybe an 18, maybe a 16, but, you know, she just does a ton. She's always doing a ton of stuff, you know, hiking this and swimming that and biking that. And so she went down. It was a very small race, like I said. And I just, like, I can't remember the last time I was so kind of emotionally invested in in someone's race. I just oh, all, cool. all morning was thinking about her and yeah. uh, all Saturday morning. And, oh, the best was, was that um, she uh, has her favorite pair of Lululemon shorts that have pockets on each side and, but she's like, oh, but they have a hole in them at the bottom, a very small hole. I'm like, you can't go down there and run a marathon with a pair of shorts that have a hole in it. And so, <laughs> so then, and so I take a look, there's two holes. So get out this, <laughs> get out the sewing kit and get those things stitched up. So, oh my God. Um, so, so I not just have two eggs in the game, but I have two stitched holes in the game. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, so, uh, so because of her age, she had to run a sub 410, but you know, of course she has to qualify by enough to kind of know she has a cushion to get in. So she wanted to run a 405 and she ran just over 404. All right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Good for her. Yeah. And it, and we got to go on a little shakeout run on Friday morning. And oh, it was just really very exciting to be a part of. Oh, that's so, fun. So, can, yeah. Yeah. So, way to go, Jackie. I'm very proud. So, when we had Definitely. A, yes. Yes. Yeah. So, and then one last thing I am headed tomorrow to Spokane, Washington, site of the infamous slide Ooh, where I fractured yes. my ankle four times yes. in 2015. And uh, Alex made a sad face. Um, but, but, you know, I don't hold it against that city. I'm really excited to go back. I have my favorite restaurant that I like to go to, this pizza place called Fire that has the hottest waiter. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Um, <laughs> he might be part owner because he's there like a lot of the time. But uh, <laughs> I look, don't touch. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, but it has very good food as well. Uh, and it's just such a beautiful place to run and to be outdoors. And I emcee the Happy Girls race. So, um, And uh, I adore the mother runner who helps us every year. Her name's Kim. So, um, and we have new designs. We have a new sweatshirt with, this is 13.1 on it. Um, and a new, nice. yeah, and a new, we're bringing back, um, I wasn't planning on talking about this, but we're bringing back our, I am stronger than I thought the phrase, but totally redesigned shirt. And it looks so good. I'm so excited oh, for excellent. it. Yeah. So those will be on our, uh, the motherrunnerstore.com next week, but people in Spokane get to buy them fresh off the printer from there us. There you go. Yes. There you go. Yes. Was this, is this, so this is happy girls weekend. So this is the weekend last year of mm-hmm. the retreat. I'm trying to, it is, okay. it is. Yep. 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 That was a whole year ago already. I know. I know. Yeah. Well, also because of Ogden, that then, you know, so that yeah. was in May. And then like when we we're at the Kara Goucher party, saw this woman, Kathy, who was in Ogden. And I was like, 
it seems like I just saw it. that was, and then I realized, oh yeah, that was Ogden, not Spokane that Kathy was at. So, right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, well, all right. Well, Spokane, as much as I love it, is not really a happy place because of the fractured ankle. But um, today's today's topic is athletic happy places. And Amanda, I think I told you that this topic was born out of one of my Sunday swims in that pond that I so love. Where I, uh, Molly and I started swimming there, I think it was three years ago when she was training for her first try. And I knew almost instantly that it was my happy place. And uh, so we're having three guests join us, uh, psychologist Dr. Justin Ross, plus two mother runners, who will talk about the concept of a happy place and what theirs is. But before we bring them on, Amanda, you and I have got to discuss what our happy place is. So you, you, what's yours you share? Um, it's, it's definitely trails for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, no question about it. I mean, I, I mean, I think it's kind of a universal thing, but it just, it brings us all back to, I think like a little bit of that sense of play out there and, yeah. and you feel childlike and I love being in nature. Um, so, um, and, and the older I get, the less tolerance I have for, um, just like running in the suburbs and the roads and just, mm. I just need, I need to get out there and uh, on the trails and it, it does just, it, it is definitely my happy place. No question. You know, yeah. you, you saying that suddenly made me wonder, do you think there's anybody who's listening who thinks, Oh no way. My happy place is a treadmill. Like I want to, I want to hear from the person who, oh, you know, I think there are people, I think there are, I, I mean, you know, you know, I, I'm sure you've heard of some of these people who will train for marathons doing their long runs on treadmills. And I just, I, I can't even, I, I've said it before. And this is, this is my, me personally, I would not be a runner if all I could do is run on a treadmill. I wouldn't. So, I know. I mean, I, I feel, there are people who, 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 you know. Oh, who, I know. And I know you don't mean any disrespect to those people. And, and no. I, I am in, I am in your camp, but I would actually love, let's start a Twitter conversation about this, Amanda. So you're at Miss Zippy one, the numeral one, and I'm yes. at SBS on the run. So we want to hear from those treadmill lovers for their being their happy place. So that was, that was yeah. just a little sidebar I d- thought that came to me. So I guess in my, my happy place is definitely that pond and there is, so, okay, so it's not running. Oh my gosh. Shocker. Uh, <laughs> but, but you know, at my very core, I am a Pisces like March 4th is my birthday and I'm a proud Pisces. I just love water and I love being suspended and feeling the outline of my body with a, just the water being a little bit cool and just yeah. so that I just know that I'm a corporeal being, you know, and that it's, yeah. just, it's the same reason why, you know, this morning when I was running, you know, in shorts and my tank top that, that, you know, you can feel the outline of your body. And I just feel that that's, I just really like being aware of myself like that. And, that's um, nice. yeah. And so, and gosh, the color of it is just this amazing kind of dark ivy color and depending on whether it's sunny or cloudy it sort of determines how dark or lightish it will be and there's it's super deep because it used to be a quarry so you can't see the bottom and there's no creepy seaweed or kelp or plants you know growing up or anything and and i don't see fish i mean there's always people fishing from the banks oh and it doesn't allow boats um, of any sort, no water, oh, no nice. watercraft. And, um, so, but, so there's always people fishing, but I never see any fish. Um, hmm. so, um, <laughs> I don't, and they seem to, ca- I mean, I talk to the people and they catch things. So, and it just, yeah. uh, it makes me feel close to my father because of his love of open water swimming and, um, That's excellent. yeah. And lately, and what? How- go ahead. 
Oh, I was just going to say, how much longer do you have um, before oh, it becomes too cold? I tell you, man, I hear the tick, tick, tick of the clock. Mm, um, yeah. And so the good news is, is that before, well, during the summer, I have to get in the swim by about 1030 because um, the lifeguards get there at 11 and it is against the law to be swimming where I'm swimming outside of the lane lines. Mm, and okay. um, I'm not the only one who does it. Um, doesn't make it right. But um, but so I asked the um, person, you know, checking to make sure people had paid their fee or whatever to park. And I said, oh, you know, so do the lifeguards, are they not here anymore? And she said, oh, no, they're only here during when kids are out of school. So now... If I want to, oh my goodness, swim at 11, I can. So there would be right. <laughs> the air, the air would be a little warmer. But I got to say, I went swimming there on Sunday in, I don't own a wetsuit. I only had a, a bathing suit on, swimsuit, and I was 100% fine. And nice. last year I swam up through mid October in. Oh, so great. Mm hmm. It's, uh, you know, and I got, I got some fat to make me feel warm. So, uh, and go to, <laughs> and going running first helps. Um, cause you know, then you yeah. get a little warm yeah. and, uh, oh my, I just, uh, I just love it so much. I just love, I just, it's, uh, it's, it's my happy place for sure. For sure. So, so nice. um, and I do have to tell one quick anecdote that, um, I knew I needed a happy place because, I went on um, a ride that I think is called the Roundup at um, an amusement park here with my friend's daughter, and it's where you stand up and you're. It's a huge circle thing. You're standing, and then Ugh. it starts going around and around. The bottom Ugh. drops out, and it Ugh. dips. You know, it goes up at an angle, and within seconds of being on there, this was a number of years ago. I thought. Um, like I'm hose. And I thought, just go to your happy place, Sarah, just go to your happy place. And I suddenly thought, I don't have a happy place. <laughs> so, so I thought, okay, that's what my mind needs. My mind now needs to concentrate on what is my happy place. And like, so that I had something to focus on other than whirling around at centrifugal force speed. Oh. <laughs> So, and, uh, and so my best friend and Phoebe were both there, like off, they were, you know, waiting for us. And they said, even from like, you know, 50 feet away, the look on my face, they were like, oh no, Sarah's in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you have a place you can yes, fall yes, now. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. Um, so, all right. So, well, let's bring on our first guest. Um, psychologist, Dr. Justin Ross is a Denver based practice. It's called mind body health justin leads to perform like a mother programs in our train like a mother club a dad of two youngsters justin is also a marathon runner and triathlete including uh being just accepted into the 2019 boston marathon whoa, whoa. uh we'll talk with dr justin ross right after this quick break stay with us welcome back to the show justin oh thanks for having me back yeah so, Justin, I think you need to tell us a little bit about uh, that uh, acceptance into Boston because, and give a little background because I know, you know, kind of what your situation was last year. So, um, yeah. go ahead and tell us a little bit about this. Yeah. So, I, um, I ran Boston in, in 2017 um, for the first time, and it's such a, an amazing experience just, you know, working to get there and doing all the training to, um, to qualify in and of itself was um, – was just an incredible experience. And then to be there that weekend, it's just, it's such a celebration of, you know, of the human spirit and of all the people that have worked so hard to get there. It was, it was great. And I knew at that time that I wanted to, to make it back. So um, uh, I ran a requalifying race later in 2017 and I had a three minute 
and 17 second cushion um, for uh, for my qualifying time. And then when the announcement came in that the cutoff was going to be 323, mm-hmm. I I missed a bib by by six seconds. So definitely a little bit of disappointment there. Um, but it also you know it fueled this this drive to keep working and, and stay after it and um, and keep training and. I ran another race this uh, this June and requalified and um, had plenty of cushion this time to be able to register week one and uh, got oh. my acceptance on Monday. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So then you have to t- you have to tell come on a reveal what how much did you qualify by? So I had uh, eight minutes and mm. two seconds was my official uh, margin of of time. Boom. Very nice. Very nice. Boom. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. yeah. No yeah. sweating this time. <laughs> no, but it, it looks like I, I mean, there's a lot of people on the line. It looks like the the cutoff this year is going to be quite high based on everything that. Oh, they're, do tell. Uh, what do you hear? Well, they said they had more register uh, register registering applicants in week one than they've ever had before. Oh. And they, their language is they're only going to accept a small percentage of week two qualifiers. So it's probably going to be well above what it was last year. Oh, my gosh. See, because I really think those things swing kind of cyclically, you know, so that people then hear, oh, you don't just have to you don't just have to make the qualifying time. You have to kind of over qualify. So I would think maybe it sends some people being like, oh, I'm not going to never that's it's out of my grasp. So but it sounds yeah. like it made people hungrier. Right. See, that's what I, I was just going to say and, and ask Justin. So to my mind, I think what happens is you start getting those new numbers in your head and you're going to, you know, be able to, to make that next step. I think, I think you can, you can run to the goal basically. So I guess what I'm getting mm. after that it's a mental thing. I don't know, Justin, you can, you can uh, yeah. qualify the steam here. <laughs> well, I think, I think you're right. I mean, I think it's, um, you know, not only are you numbers chasing your qualifying standard, but I think you have to then, take an additional five minutes to really feel comfortable. So, yeah. you know, for me right now it's 310. So I have to be under, in my opinion, 305 to feel comfortable that I, that I have a chance. And it's the squeakers who, who qualify by five minutes or less that are the ones that are going to be getting squeezed out of this. I know, yeah. but it's also kind of sad that now a squeaker is someone who by five minutes, because to me, you know, like if I qualified by five minutes, I'd think I was champion of the world. Yeah, right. Oh, so, you know, it, it yeah. used to be, I know, you know, like Tish Hamilton, you know, the um, self-described squeaker. I mean, you know, we're talking 30 seconds, you know, 45 seconds, something like that. And so, wow, definition of squeaker is um, expanding. Um, so, all right. So, well, Justin, when I first floated the idea of an episode about athletic happy places, where did, mm-hmm. where did, you know, like, what did you think of that idea? Like, what, like, is this, am I cockamamie and what are we doing? <laughs> no, I, I think, I think it makes so much sense because, um, as, as adult athletes, I, I think we're drawn to, um, to something that provides connection. Um, and it's not just about performance. It's not just about what numbers you're chasing on your watch or what your PR is, or it, it's none of that. It's about this connection to self and connection to sport and community and to all these things that you were just talking about. And so I think that that makes a lot of sense. It's that connection um, that really is the happy place, I think, for most of us. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, I was intrigued that, you know, it definitely doesn't have to be a literal place. You know, it isn't, you know, Wildwood Trail from mile 20 to 22 or Klein Line Pond in Vancouver, Washington. You know, it, right. can, it can be a mindset. It can be 
um, you know, uh, who you run with. It could, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, I think um, when I think about it, I think you can break happy place down to being uh, an internal happy place mm-hmm. or an external happy place. And there being variables for both, right? Mm-hmm. I think on, on the internal side, it's really, there's on one level, some connection to yourself, mm-hmm. right? And whether that's just, it, it feels really good to move. I really appreciate um, the ability to get out there and to feel my body in space. There's some connection to self or stress reduction, whatever that may be. But there's also, for me, I, I find a lot of personal connection just to, to effort level. Mm-hmm. Knowing that that can be that's a, a, a variable that you can play with. Some days you can take it nice and easy, and that feels really good. Some days when it's uncomfortable, you have a decision to make whether you push it um, and kind of lean into that discomfort or not. And when you come out on the other side of that, it's that connection to pushing through hard effort that um, I think is really rewarding in the sport. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then we have to ask, what's your athletic happy place, Justin? Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great question. I think on the on the internal side, it's definitely those those harder effort days where um, where I know I need to like show up and, and do the work, knowing that it's not easy. But I always feel better on the backside of that, right? And it's like I think about you know like um, Elliot Kipchoge this weekend mm-hmm. who, who broke the world marathon record, uh, world record, and that just it shows you what you're capable of mm-hmm. and that connection to. Um, to being anti-fragile, right? Like mm-hmm. you are strong and you are capable. And these are the moments in our lives where we get to really chase that down and figure that out. Nice. Well, which kind of leads into my next question, which is, you know, why is it useful to have an athletic happy place? I mean, if it's an actual physical place, is there a benefit for working out there? You know, if, if you're struggling a little bit or feeling burned out, um, are there restorative powers to, to having sort of a happy slash safe place? For, for sure. I mean, I think the first thing that comes to mind is like a, adulting sucks sometimes, right? I mean, it's, <laughs> it's hard and it's messy and it's not always that glamorous or that much fun. And so I, I think having something in our lives that connects us to a happy place is just, it's foundationally important to our well-being and to our relationships. Um, and for athletes, you know, for runners, th- this is where we connect to that. Um, and that could be an internal place or, or like you're saying, Amanda, I think there's external happy places as well. And that for me, you can slice that into either being sort of a location, you know, like a physical place, probably not the treadmill, although I want to weigh in on that Twitter conversation, <laughs> but, um, but there's a, there's location for all of us where we feel really connected. I think that's really important. And the other piece is community, mm-hmm. right. To certain, and that could be either, you know, thinking about, um, uh, you know, like Sarah, you're talking about your dad, like connection mm-hmm. to people in the past or mm-hmm. community now, friends, family, running groups, people that we connect to. I mm-hmm. think those are really important factors as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, so harkening back to the water a little bit, when I asked Bammers on Facebook to share their athletic happy place, I was amazed how many women wrote similar responses along the lines of on a lakeside trail or near the ocean. So, mm-hmm. Um, Dr. Ross, I realize, you know, th- that this might not be your area of specialty, but is there something about the positive ions near water that affect our mood? Um, cause yeah. I, you know, I definitely know there is for me, you know, as a Pisces, there is for me. Yeah, absolutely. I think we, you know, we tend to be drawn human beings to two places. One is water and the other is, um, to forests. Mm-hmm. Right. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I know more about sort of like forest bathing concept, which has been studied um, really heavily in, in Japan, where they 
Like that's an active thing that they do. They take people into the forest and then, you know, researchers of course go in and screw it all up by measuring data (laughs) on these people. But um, they show reduction in all kinds of things, right? Um, It physically changes our, our health. And I think, water does the exact same thing. We're, we're drawn to it and we're mesmerized by it and we feel better when we're in it or around it. Makes sense. Justin, I also have to say, I love, you have a very expansive descriptive vocabulary and it just, <laughs> it just, you really like listening to talk, you, you get exactly the right word for, you know, like, I don't know. It's, it's very um, intoxicating to listen to talk. Oh, you, so. uh, you're too kind. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know, Sarah, you um, mentioned earlier, you know, the, the uh, amusement park ride and needing to have a happy place, um, you know, and, and so, I mean, is, is that legitimate, Justin, also, you know, that it's good to have that mental happy place? Oh, yeah, I think absolutely, right? It can, it can help us deal with discomfort or anxiety. Um, and you can draw upon that, right? You can, if, you know, if we ask everybody right now listening to close your eyes and to just spend a few moments visualizing that physical happy place in your life, whether that's in the water or in the forest or on the trail, it doesn't take long until you can sort of picture yourself and, and actually feel yourself there. And in moments of great distress in life, that can be a, a profound thing to call upon to, to help you get through it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And so, nice. I mean, so, so chances are good probably that we don't have all that many listeners who like mile 22 of Chicago marathon or the midway point of even their local half marathon is their happy place. So how can people summon up the powers of their happy place while in a race setting? Yeah. See, and, and maybe it could be though, maybe, you know, mile 22 of a marathon, it, it's not feeling good if you're doing things correctly. Mm-hmm. And so it, that could be actually in a weird way, your happy place, because it's that connection to putting yourself in an uncomfortable position to see what you're capable of. Mm-hmm. And again, I think there, there's so many places in life right now where we're just, we're, you know, over caffeinated and overconnected to the internet and we have all our needs met at the click of a button. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's through this process of sport where it's hard that maybe that is somebody's happy place mm-hmm. at the same time. If it, if it really is bleeding itself into distress or discomfort, there are lots of variables you can play with mentally and visually to help you cope with and deal with those experiences. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and are there any like physical things that like, how can you teach yourself like let's you know like i think about people who like touch their thumb to the tip of their forefinger then their middle finger then their you know ring finger pinky you know doing yeah. that like that sort of i don't know what those are called um that type of little not drill but um yeah can, is, i think that's called the uh the emotional freedom technique is that what you're thinking of there's something like that something and so so the, do you think you could make like like a little connection like when i do that i like if you i don't know maybe if you do that like when you're running on a trail or you know you tap the side of your cheek or something like that um when you're on the trail do you think there's a way that you can kind of summon up like have have a physical way to summon up that mental thing yeah for- Absolutely. I mean, there's all kinds of ways to do it. You could do it just mentally by thinking about it. You can do it visually by screening for something in your environment. Mm-hmm. You can do it physically too. I mean, the, the physical can be a cue for that as well, as well whether that's like a, a tapping or a touching or a certain part of your body that you can 
you can access your nose, your fingers, whatever it may be, mm -hmm. uh, to help you connect better to that place. Physical cues. That's the type of, that's the phrase I was looking for. That, <laughs> that's why we pay you the big money, Dr. Ross. <laughs> it's not the finger touch method. That's not what I'm about. You know what though? We could, we could develop that. I think we developed the finger touch method. We're going to have a retreat about it next year and I will talk about it at the end of the podcast. <laughs> that's right. The next presentation. Yes. Here's the URL for it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh so if somebody doesn't have a happy place like me on the the, the uh roundup at oaks park um how do you suggest they try to find one and um you know how to go about doing that my my hunch is that it people may say that they don't have one but it, it won't take long for them to sort of dig and unearth that there there is a place that they connect to. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's it's shifting the language a little bit. Instead of like seeking a happy place, it's realizing what they connect to, mm -hmm. right? Whether that's those internal variables or those external variables, that there is going to be something that they're connected to that they can then, you know, kind of create or mold into this this happy place for them. Um, it doesn't lend for as good a song though, you know, happy place that, you know, <laughs> so, well, awesome. Well, Justin, it's always a delight to talk to you and your expansive descriptive vocabulary. And, uh, I, I know I speak for Amanda when I say that we look forward to hanging out with you in Cape Cod next month. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's going to be a blast. I, um, I can't wait. Good, good. Alrighty. And congrats again on Boston. Oh, uh, thank you so much. All right, now we're going to talk to two mother runners about their athletic happy places, which I realize now I should say maybe their connections or something like that. But uh, for the first mom, Michelle San Antonio of Wakefield, Rhode Island, it's not a place but a mindset. A mom of three sons, Michelle has qualified for and run the Boston Marathon several times. Michelle, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Very happy to talk with you all. So, Michelle, tell us um, about how you got started running. I think you've been running about a decade now. Yeah, around that. Um, I started, you know, I ran a little bit before I had my kids, but didn't really get into it until um, after my second was born. Um, that's when I started racing. Mm -hmm. And once I started racing is when I really kind of got hooked. <laughs> um, so that was, yeah, that was around 2006, 2007. So. All right. And, and I'm sorry, go ahead. Did you, did you what I Nope. Nope. That was, okay, that's, okay. Pretty much, that's pretty much what I've, you know, that's when I really started taking it seriously and it, it became sort of part of my identity. And I think that's, that's really why I was so hooked on it at that point is because, you know, I was a new mom and I was kind of looking for an identity other than being a mom. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. yeah, I think a lot of people can relate to that. Yep. And, oh, exactly. um, and I, and, and I think you kind of, um, became pretty speedy pretty quickly because um, you BQ'd after being a runner for just a couple of years. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. I, I ran my first marathon in 2008 and that was, you know, that was not particularly speedy, but it was, you know, for my first marathon, I ran a 412, which is certainly mm -hmm. very respectable. I was, yep. I was kind of surprised that I ran as fast as I did. Um, and I, you know, I think I started running a lot of shorter races too. And yeah, my times were dropping pretty rapidly. I think, you know, some of it was just beginner's luck. And also just, I, I was new to the sport. So, you know, 
it was easy to see improvements pretty quickly. Um, whereas as I got into it later on, those, it, it got harder and harder. <laughs> um, and I started setting those bigger goals, but, um, I qualified for Boston at my second marathon, wow. which was, but it was a few years later. So I had a few years off in between there to really, you know, to work on my times at shorter distances. But, so, but did you have your third, did you have your third son in there in between the first and the second marathon or no? I did. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So there was that, yeah. so there was that time out of running. So. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I, and I did, I did run during that pregnancy, but of course, you know, it was not, not speedy at that time, <laughs> but I got into it pretty quickly after I had him, I got right back into it and, and yeah, and I really, I just took off and in 2011 from like 2011 to 2013, which is when I ran Boston. Um, I, I was just, that was kind of when I was really, I was really driven. Mm -hmm. um, it was all about what's the next goal? What's the next PR I'm going to go after? And, and I was racing constantly. Mm -hmm. um, thank God I have a supportive husband who <laughs> put up with me, you know, I'm running 5k this weekend and a half marathon next weekend. Wow. And, you know, so it, it just, it, I, I'm, I don't want to say it was all consuming because it was fun, you know, and I really enjoyed it, but it definitely was a huge part of my life and who I was. And, you know, I really, I really took off with it mm -hmm. at that point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But would you also say that it maybe seems, so you haven't been a runner for in, because Amanda and I've been running for decades. So, you know, you're, you're, you seem, uh, you're a newbie compared to us, but it seems to me you've had, <laughs> yes. it seems to me you've had more than your fair share of injuries. Would you say that's, would you say that's accurate? And do you think that maybe part of it is because of all the racing or no? What are, what's your thinking? Oh, absolutely. Without it. Yeah, exactly. I didn't want to, yeah. if you hadn't thought well, of that one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, you know, and it, I think part of it, because I was so driven, I just didn't want to accept that, you know, maybe I shouldn't race so much. You know, and maybe I shouldn't do another marathon this year. And, you know, I mean, I, I definitely have had a lot of injuries and I think I, I am, you know, I think, I do think some people are more injury prone than others. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a part of it, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I pushed myself and I, there were absolutely times where I did more than I should have. Mm -hmm. So I, I will happily admit that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that's a very common, um, common, I don't know if mistakes the right word or, but just a common experience i think for a lot of people you know you get into yeah. it you're enjoying it so much and um it becomes like you said so consuming and um and it, and it can definitely lead to you know a cycle of injuries but would you say then you know it sounds like you're maybe in a different place now um so when we talk about um happy places and you know yours being racing i mean would you say that that's still the, the case or would you say that your your running happy place has maybe evolved you know, it's, it's definitely evolved. Um, you know, I ran, I ran Boston 2013, I ran Boston 2014. And um, I, I, I still raced after that. And I still I did do a couple other marathons. And I, I think for for a few years after that, I want to say from like 2015, maybe up until even last year, I was still, I still kind of had that sense that like, I wanted to keep going after those PRs and I wanted to keep pushing myself and, and racing, but I, I don't know that it was even a conscious decision, but I feel like it's just sort of, 
tapered, which is a, a good running word to use. Um, uh, it's just, I don't know. It's just been a gradual evolution where I'm, I'm just, I'm not racing as much as I used to. Um, and not entirely because of injury. You know, I have had a couple minor injuries here and there, but I, I just feel like it's what, what used to drive me was always looking forward. Mm -hmm. You know, what, what am I going to, what races on my schedule next? What training plan am I going to use? What time am I going to go after? Mm -hmm. So it, it was never, you know, I was always happy to finish a race. If I did well, I was excited. I celebrated, but it was kind of fleeting because I was always so busy looking to mm. what was coming up next. Mm. Whereas I, I feel like now I'm kind of, I still have, you know, kind of tenuous goals in mind, but it's, it's more like, I'm just kind of happy I'm doing what I'm doing and I'm running a few times a week. Um, and I, I just sort of feel like where I am at the moment is enough. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm not driven by where I'm going to be in the future, mm -hmm. you know? So I don't, I, I feel like I don't sort of have that driving force behind my running. That's, that's motivating me so much. It's more just the running is motivation enough now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and, and I think three years ago, I could not ever have said that. And I could not ever have imagined feeling that way. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of weird how it's just sort of crept up on me, but it's, I, I, and I, I don't know entirely what to attribute it to. Um, I'm certainly, you know, 10 years older than I was when I ran my first marathon and, and age absolutely has something to do with that. I think, mm -hmm. you know, I, I can't go out and run 20 miles at an eight minute pace and then come home and entertain my kids all afternoon. Like I just <laughs> don't have the energy for it. Yeah. Anymore, yeah. You know, so yeah. that part of it is just the reality of my life is, you know, in some ways, I feel like my kids, although they're teenagers now and they, they don't require quite the hands-on mm -hmm. work that they used to, they still require a lot. And it's sort of the emotional stuff they require that's mm -hmm. more draining than the physical stuff was. <laughs> yes, so, yes, yes. We understand so, that. <laughs> yeah. So I think some of those, just the realities of my life, that my life has changed. So my running has changed. Yeah. And I, I'm grateful that I'm okay with that. You know, because I think, I think when I was sort of in that, that time frame where it was all about the PRs and the goals and what, what race is next, um, I, I would have had a hard time accepting that I couldn't do all those things. But now I'm, I've just kind of grown into it. And, you know, maybe, maybe I will not ever get a marathon PR and that's okay because that life goes on, you know, yeah. it's, it's, yeah. it's so funny. Cause I remember, um, uh, and thank you for sharing that I was, uh, I was nodding my head vigorously as you were saying so much of that. And then Thanks. I remember that I was at a neighborhood party a couple of years ago and I met this woman who used to be a runner and was now a walker and she'd had a very, you know, um, lots of races and really was very passionate about it. And yet she seemed so okay with being a walker. And I just remember looking at her and thinking, Oh my gosh, if you took a pill to get to that place that you're at now, like, can I get a prescription to that too? And that, yeah, that you do realize though, that, that it is gradual and we're not asking you, you know, 37 year old Michelle to suddenly jump into the, the mindset of 47 year old Michelle. Yeah. And that, yeah, that and it's the same yeah. thing, you know, like, like, uh, you know, and we get so many questions for AMR answers about that same thing. Like, how do I let go of that feeling? And it's not, 
it's not, you don't have to let go of it all in one fell swoop and let it fall to the ground. It's more yeah, like yeah. sand, yeah. grains Definitely of sand not. through your hand, you know? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I'll still, I'll still go out there. And I mean, I'll still, you know, I will run races sometimes. Sure. I, I don't race as much, but you know, I still go out and give it my all mm-hmm. and my all just isn't quite what it used to be, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. you know, but it, and again, I've just, I, I have definitely learned to accept that and I, I will still race and I'll still, Hey, you know, who knows, maybe I will still go out and get a PR at some distance, but it's not the only motivation I have anymore. Mm-hmm. So yeah. mm-hmm. which I is, it's, find, it's very of- freeing. <laughs> yeah. I was just going to say, I think it really, it, I think it's very freeing. And I also find being in this place, which I call kind of like the other side, um, yeah. is, is, um, yeah. it's just a more, um, enjoyable place to be too. I think I really yep. think like you just enjoy the process of running more than when the process of running has to equate to a goal. Um, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, like I mentioned at the beginning is I'm not, I, I'm not searching for like an identity as a, an athlete and a competitor anymore. Like I, you know, I kind of know who I am now mm-hmm. and that's yeah. part of me, but that's not who I am entirely. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. excellent. It's yeah. excellent. Yeah. 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 It's good to be in a happy place. <laughs> it, is. it is for sure. For sure. Oh my goodness. So, I mean, what is on your race calendar then? And, and, and like how it sounds like before, it sounds like to me, it always seemed to me like you probably were like a year out, like, yes, I'm going to do this race, you know, in October and that one in November and, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. And, and now, yeah, I, I definitely used to be, I used to have, you know, months in advance planned out. I honestly have absolutely nothing on a race calendar right now. Huh. <laughs> nothing, no. not a single thing. Wow. Um, nope. I have not signed up for a race in a long time. I, I the last race I did was a local 5k in January. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. So yeah, I, I don't know, you know, I mean, I, I might do a local race at some point, but I have also have gotten burned many times by signing up for races way in advance mm-hmm. and then getting injured, not being able to race. Them. Yep. So, yep. so I've kind of backed off of doing that a little bit. And I just, I'm, I, I think right now I'd rather just kind of jump into something when I feel like it and mm-hmm. no, no big goals. I, I kind of feel like I still would like to run another marathon someday, mm-hmm. but it's, I, I, I'm okay if I don't too. It's, mm-hmm. it's just sort of, it's out there. Mm-hmm. Maybe I will, maybe I won't. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you find, and, and I would address this question maybe to both of you that, do you feel that also sometimes it's um, somehow that, that you can get right with it, with this, with this new attitude, this new happy place, but sometimes it takes a while for the rest of your personal community to catch up with you. And that, mm-hmm. that, you know, so that, I just remember feeling a lot of, you know, Oh, what race are you doing next? You know, what are, you know, what time are you gunning for all that stuff? And, and I don't know, like sort of, you almost need to, I guess that's what Facebook is for. I was going to say, put out a memo of like, Hey, (laughs) I'm not about that anymore. And, and, um, you know, like, I, I definitely have that with my running group because we have all mellowed and we are all racing less than we ever used to, but there are still, you know, some in our group who still like to get a little competitive and, and, train specifically for specific events. And just, just the other day, one of my friends was talking about this very low key local marathon that's in September every year. And she ran part of it the other day, just as a training run. She's like, Oh, we should all do that next year. And I said, you know, no, I'm, it just holds no (laughs) appeal to me. And I I think I'm done with road marathons and, you know, and so yes, it it is, you have to, 
it, it is, I think it is an adjustment for everyone to, to remember that this is where you are now and be okay with that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How about you, Michelle? What did you find effective? Yeah. I, I found that most of my friends are kind of in the same boat as I am. <laughs> so, um, you know, for various reasons, uh -huh. you know, certain people have, diff uh, you know, different reasons for kind of slowing down and not doing as much racing. Um, but I, I feel like in some ways we're all kind of going through it together. So, mm -hmm. so it's actually been kind of nice that, that I don't feel, I don't feel like left out because all my other friends are doing this race this weekend and I can't go. Mm -hmm. So because I think that would be hard, yeah. you know, if they were all still super ultra competitive and getting out there all the time, but mm -hmm. they're not. So it's, it's been actually kind of nice. I think it's made it even more cohesive for us that we're all kind of like, eh, yeah, you know, maybe we'll do that half marathon and take a weekend away. But mm -hmm. that's sort of how we look at it now, as opposed to, oh, maybe, we, maybe you could get an age group prize at this race or, you know, it's just, <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, uh, everyone's attitude seems to have shifted a little bit. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, so since you don't have an athletic happy place, that's a place per se, Michelle, do you have a happy place that's not athletic? Because I have to say from your beautiful Instagram feed, <laughs> I would uh, wager a bet. It's at the beach. It's the beach. <laughs> it has to be the beach. <laughs> Absolutely. With my kids or without my kids uh -huh. in summer and winter, like, it's the beach for sure. Uh -huh. Yes. We're very lucky that we live, you know, 10 minutes from probably one of the most beautiful beaches in Rhode Island. So uh -huh. we, we take full advantage of it. <laughs> very nice. Yeah, it is yeah. nice. It is nice. You need to come out and see the beaches of, of the West coast in Oregon are, are deep, our yes, deep, deep beaches in the way the, the old growth forests meet the beach. It just is, um, it's, yeah. you know, it's, uh, enchanting as well. So you need it, to, it sounds stunning. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, but I just love seeing all your pictures and I also just really admire how still involved you are with taking your kids on to experiences, you know, I, Oh, thank you. You know, like the way you were like, Oh, you know, I'm going to take the kids in one last time to Boston before school starts. And, you know, I think, I think it's just kind of easy once kids get to be a certain age to just be like, yeah, do whatever. Like you're not bothering me. Just, oh, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they are, they are resisting to some degree now, you know, especially the oldest is almost 15 and uh -huh. you know, there are times I'll say we're going to do something and he just kind of groans, but uh -huh. it, sometimes I'll let him take a pass, but more often I, I try to drag him along because he usually ends up having fun. Yeah. You know, it's uh -huh. just, he kind of feels like, I shouldn't be doing this. I shouldn't be hanging out with my family. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm, I'm trying to hold on to a little longer cause I know I don't have much time left. Yeah. So, well, yeah. it, from your Instagram feed, it certainly looks like there's a lot of athletic or sorry, there's a lot of happy places that you all are going and experiencing together. So I really applaud and admire that. Thank you. Yeah. yeah we have some fun. <laughs> Good deal. Um, all right. Well, thanks, Michelle. Take care and enjoy those, uh, that race free calendar you're staring down. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I will. Okay. <laughs> Bye, Michelle. All right. Nice to talk to you both. Thanks. You too. Bye -bye. Bye, Bye. Bye. Last but not least, our final guest is Cassie Dodd, mom of three and soon to be a grandmother of twin babies, uh, who, oh. who lives in Walkersville, Maryland. Welcome, Cassie. Hi. Hey there. So twin, have to get twin babies. You said coming in is it November or December? December. It's going to be fun. Oh my God. And, and, uh, I'm, do you know the gender of the babies? 
And it's going to be baby twin girls, so future runners, future girl runners. <laughs> no pressure, they, no pressure. <laughs> are they local to you, so you'll get to see them a lot, or they're not? Just, they're just north of us in Pennsylvania, so it's a short drive away. Oh, excellent! Very, nice. very nice, very, very nice. nice. Well, um, so you're a, a fellow Maryland runner. How did you um, first get started in running? Oddly enough, I would have to give credit to another mother runner. Woo woo! Oh, I. My husband and I had a New Year's resolution. We joined the Y. We were just going to work out, walking around the weight machines, um, walking on the treadmill. But they also had a magazine rack by the treadmills. And one day, somebody had left the first Mother Runner book, book there. No way. Oh, how, yeah. could they, how could they part with it? Oh, my goodness. That's heresy. <laughs> I'm sure they forgot it. So. Uh, Maybe yeah. they enjoyed it so much they wanted someone else to discover the joys of running. So I just picked it up and started reading it. And I said, I think I might try training for a 5K. Nice. It just went all, you know, went over to the dark side, running full war all the way. And then what, what, what so was that 2010, 2011? What year was that? Probably six years ago. Okay. So like 2012, 2012, probably when I found it. Okay. All right. Okay. So when I asked folks on Twitter to share their athletic happy place, you said it's trails and you wrote summer tried and true lovely for location, stress release and scenery. So is there one trail or perhaps even one particular spot on a trail that for you, you're like, yeah, that's my happy place. Or is it just trails in general? I would probably have to say trails in general. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no dream trail. Part of the fun is they're all a challenge in their own different way. Mm -hmm. And they all offer their own unique beauty. Mm -hmm. So just in general. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I'm familiar with where she is and what the trails are out there. And, and I know, you know, this is, um, I consider this, this part of the country, you know, our trails are, I think, fairly technical compared to other areas. Um, you know, we've got, we've got our share of rocks and roots and ruts and things on the path. And, um, I mean, would you say that, that you really like, is, is, is that your happy place The you know, the more technical trail or, or do you like, you know, a nice, you know, buffed smooth trail? What's, what's your, um, which one is your preference? I, I would still consider myself pretty much a baby trail runner, okay. but <laughs> over the course of the tr summer, I've come to appreciate the technicality of our area in a way that previously I kind of thought that's for crazy people. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's they're insane <laughs> so so talk us through that a little bit more i mean what made you change your mind about that and and how did you become more proficient on the trails i love both road and trail running but on the road it's i have traffic there's everything going on in the neighborhood um, i could be listening to music and of course the mother runner podcast but mm -hmm. the trail focus me but makes me unplug and focus on what I'm doing. I have to be there in the moment. I really have to be in the step because the more technical it is, the more I have to be there one foot in front of the other. I can't look 20 feet ahead of me because I could trip and fall. Mm -hmm. So I really have to focus on what I'm doing. And at the same time, it just kind of gives you that, um, a moment to process and you just kind of de-stress because you're trying not to get injured, but at the same time, you're just unplugged, you're out in nature, you're hearing everything going on around you in nature, it's quiet, it's, it can be a 
it's spiritual if you haven't fallen on your face or seen a snake. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. I agree. I agree. And so, it, I mean, are, are you on the trails um, a lot more than the roads these days? Or, um, you know, what, what for you, um, you kind of address this, you know, why the trail is, is your happy place versus the road. But so do you tend to, to stay more to the trails now, now that you've kind of gotten more into it lately? I, I do now. I spent the summer most of the time on the trails and um, that's going to win out over road most of the time if I'm able to get up there. I do prefer to make sure that I have somebody I know around me hmm. because, you know, safety is a, is a concern. But um, if I had the choice today or any day of the week to go on trails versus road, I would always choose trail. Mm-hmm. So, and, but how did, you know, it's not like you just start concentrating and became good at trail, or would you say that, you know, were there other techniques that you used to, to get more comfortable and proficient on the trail? I would say that we do have some amazing trail runners within the area mm-hmm. and they're always willing to help you. If mm-hmm. you have questions, they post also a lot online that mm-hmm. they're having, you know, they're just meeting and, um, they will let you ask anything you want, bend their ear, mm-hmm. um, give you tips on form, but also it time on trail just does improve mm-hmm. your step. It makes you more confident. Mm-hmm. Um, the more you do it, the better you do get. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what type of questions did you ask people or, or, you know, if someone else asked a question and the answer really kind of clicked, what were some of the things that made a difference for you? There were a couple of, mostly it started with form, like, how in the world do you go uphill? I just, there's a whole different uphill on trail than there is on the road. They're both hard, (laughs) but then you add trees and rocks and just extreme crazy elevation. There's the unevenness of it. And it's, you know, one trail runner told me to imagine that I had a helium balloon attached to my belly button, Hmm. kind of pulling me up and forward so that I didn't hunch over Things like that. Pick up your feet mantra. Pick up your feet. Pick up your feet. Because if you don't, you're really going to um, um, do some damage to yourself when you hit. I always say the roots reached out and they attacked me. <laughs> you know, the attack rocks on the trail. <laughs> they, got those. They, they got me. They, they have um, great tips on fueling because it's it's you can't go by mileage because you could take a whole lot longer in terms of time to cover a mile than on the road. Mm-hmm. So when to fuel, what to look for, because some stretches of trail, you may not need to fuel as often, whereas other stretches you really need to watch what you're taking in for hydration mm-hmm. or calorie wise. Um, it's, and we're very lucky to have experienced trail runners in the area that I can always turn to and ask questions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so going back to the idea of the, um, you know, the trail being your happy place. So when you're like stressed or overwhelmed in real life, do you ever conjure up a mental picture of a trail in an attempt to, you know, just chillax and calm down a little bit? Well, I don't have a particular trail, but I could say that this summer we had a lot of rain. Mm-hmm. So that some of the relaxing, calming images that come to mind when you ask that question are 
the rain caused a lot of more water crossings mm -hmm. this summer. Mm -hmm. And it would literally be breathtaking. You would have to stop and just say, this is just wild. Look what nature has done. And just get your feet wet sometimes up to your knees and just go through it and have fun like a kid. Mm -hmm. And it, it was just relaxing and, and de-stressing. And when I think about I sometimes wish I just need to go back there and just kind of lay back, chill. <laughs> Wade through <laughs> some water. <laughs> yes. Be a kid. Be a child again. Nice. Nice. So it, I guess your, your husband's an ultra runner, runner and one of your daughters is as well. Um, do, do you trail run with them? And um, does that allow you to get that, that kind of happy place sensation or um, just having someone around you make you less aware of the surroundings and, and you know, maybe not quite as zen of an experience? It's not as zen of an experience, but it is still quite rewarding going with my daughter. Um, as we like to say, when we run, a lot of times we're able to share things we wouldn't otherwise in real life. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. a, a really wonderful time that we were able to share. She's not currently running because she's the one expecting the twins. Mm -hmm. Oh, <laughs> But I've shared a lot of time on trail with her, even when she has dragged me out there and I didn't want to go and just <laughs> came back. And it was just like, that was the best 10 miles. We talked about anything and everything and um, really connected. With my husband, with my husband, he's a challenge because he's the one who sees me on the tough times when I'm having a hard time. And he's the one who's like, you can do this. You can keep running. You can go up this hill. Come on, let's go. And, mm -hmm. and that's when we might have some um, intense discussion. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you put that. <laughs> but we're still married and we still do trail. So, <laughs> Oh my gosh. So do you have a happy place that's not athletic or no? Um, I love to garden. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I really love to garden, and we have chickens. And you, we like to sometimes just sit out there and watch the chickens. We call it chicken TV. <laughs> I'm a bit of a homebody, so I would say I like to put her around the house, put her in the garden. Uh -huh. read on the porch, that kind of thing. Oh, I'm a big, big reader on the porch. And lately I've retaken up needle pointing on the porch. So I'm right there That's with nice. you. Yeah. Porch time is good time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And do you have, um, are you a trail racer as well as runner? I would not say anything that I have participated in with the race in the title <laughs> was a race for me. Uh -huh. <laughs> 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 you, you didn't happen to do uh did you do the river valley run races at all by chance i, I did not i okay. recently did maryland heat at Patasco. Okay. okay yeah yeah oh yeah and what was the distance on that um i did the 25k distance nice about 16 but my friend sybil and i we got lost so we did 17 oh boy yeah extra time uh-huh renamed all the trails <laughs> well that's those are my um those are my stomping grounds right there so that's cool glad to hear you're out here yeah cool. nice nice well we wish you many happy miles on the trails cassie it was good talking with you thank you thanks bye-bye bye-bye so amanda do you how often do you conjure up your your happy place your your spot out on the trails or just being out on the trails you know it's funny because i don't think i um 
I consciously do that. But oh. after, after this session, I think I might try to do that. Oh my, uh. <laughs> I so, oh my gosh, I so... something. <laughs> like when I try to fall asleep at night, I envision what the green looks like when I... You know, Do you? Oh, yeah. When I'm in traffic, when I'm feeling stressed. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's I, awesome. Yeah. I, that's that's something I guess I've never explored, and, and it is time. So it is, Yeah. What are you waiting for? Get on it. I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so well, let's uh, hear if anybody in the Train Like a Mother Club is having a happy place or a happy race, maybe. Hey, everybody. It's Dimity here with your Train Like a Mother Club corner for this week. I wanted to tell you about a Perform Like a Mother series in the Train Like a Mother Club. You just heard Dr. Justin Ross, who is insightful and accessible at the same time, and he leads the Perform Like a Mother series. What it is, is they are 90-minute webinars that allow you to think about your mental focus, your mental strength, your goals, your motivation, how you talk to yourself, how you want to change how you talk to yourselves, yourself. Um, just really, really good stuff with tips and thoughts and tricks that you can take during your training and apply to race day and have a race that feels so much more solid and collected than probably previous races. We've got two Perform Like a Mother sessions left for the for 2018. One is on Tuesday, September 25th. That's called Developing High Performance Mindset. And that is all about the developing part is what you do during your training. So it's a bunch of thoughts, like I said, and tips and tricks for what you do during every training run so that race day is um, not a big mystery. So that's on September 25th. And then the last session is executing high performance on race day. And that's um, all about what happens between or right before the starting line, actually, and the finish line and how you hold on to your goals and don't make deals and all that kind of stuff. That um, session is happening on October 30th. So two sessions left. One is September 25th and one is Tuesday, October 30th. You can find them in the trainlikeamother.club. And if this is, if, if your mind is something that you want to work on, this is a place to do it. Talk to you soon. Have a great week. Bye. Hey, 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 have you heard that our Rancho La Puerta retreat now includes Ellie Kempton of Simply Nourish Like a Mother in our, from our Train Like a Mother Club and special guest Dean Carnassus. Yes, ultra marathon man. Um, Dean will be speaking, uh, giving the att- retreat attendees a special talk. He's going to go on a run with us. And then Ellie is full in for the retreat. She is going to be doing um, a cooking demonstration or two. She'll give a nutrition talk every day. And then she, like Dimity and me, she's going to be doing just a lot of activities with us at Rancho La Puerta, which is one of the most deluxe, lovely um, spa retreats in the world. And um, it's about an hour south of San Diego. And our retreat is February 2nd to 6th, 2019. And like I said, it's about an hour south of San Diego. Dimity and I'll be there along with Ellie And we're just really looking forward to it. And we hope you'll join us. There's a handful of spots left. For more details, go to anothermotherrunner.com slash rancho hyphen la hyphen puerta. Or might be easier, just Google another mother runner and Rancho La Puerta. Um, Again, there's only a handful of spots left, so do not delay. Our podcast today was produced in Portland, Oregon by Alex Ward from Sounds Like Pictures. And wherever your place is, many happy miles. 